Welcome to Meet Me in the Movies. I am Noel T. Manning II, uh, hanging out with Rob Petrie. Rob, how are you, buddy? It's Petrie, isn't it? Is it Petrie? Petrie, Petrie is a dish. It's a dish. It's like a science And lab. it is. That's Rob right. Petrie is Dick I'm Van talking Dyke. about Rob yeah. the Cook. I'm not talking about Dick Van Dyke. Why Rob the Cook? Yeah, the Petrie dish cook. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you had too much spiked eggnog at Christmas, didn't you? <laughs> yes, I did. Happy almost New Year. How hey. was Christmas? It was great, man. It was great. Um, no, not really. Family all together and everything? Family somehow got together, yes. Did not get a chance to see my mom. Sorry, mom. You know, you're in Florida. Uh, but, I, but I love you. And I did send you some, um, some figgy pudding. Your mom's great. So, my mom is awesome. She is awesome. And yeah. she is like our number one fan for this show. So, <laughs> She's probably our only fan for this <laughs> yeah, show. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but we do appreciate you uh, spending time uh, with us. Hope you had a wonderful Christmas and uh, looking forward to the new year uh, just uh, just around the corner. Or if you're watching this after New Year's, hey, <laughs> if your New Year's Eve was wonderful. So, uh, Mr. Yeah. Tillman, how yeah. are you, buddy? Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. Christmas was fine. Yeah. We got everyone together, briefly everyone at the same time. Yeah. Uh, it's complicated, you know. It the is. The older they get, the, everyone scatters. And exactly. All that. But well, it, Made the most of it. Yeah, and, and well, our, our kids, they were in, uh, our kids, they're adults, but they were in uh, Florida visiting uh, Uncle Robert and going Petri? to Disney. Not, yeah, Uncle Robert <laughs> Petri. And they were also, they would spend some time at Disney. So I think this was kind of a perfect time to be at Disney with Star Wars making begoodles amounts of money uh, yeah, uh, yeah at the box office so like, uh, about half a billion dollars dude, almost yeah, in huge one success. weekend. Um, globally, you know, right? You globally, yeah. and by the time the the year ends, uh, it, it's going to be probably in the top five That's of insane. money makers after just a few weeks. That's so, insane. So pretty, and with, pretty incredible. with somewhat lukewarm reviews. Yeah, I would. I would and say still, the reviews. Still busting the bank like that. I'd say the reviews are um, are prob probably split down the middle. Mm -hmm. I mean, there there are people who love it, people who hate it, but um, but it hasn't hurt. And this is a, no. a Star Wars is a critics proof kind of film. So, uh, so anyway, we've got a lot of a lot of new things to talk about. We've got uh, three new films uh, to talk about uh, that are in uh, various stages of theaters. Tim Foster, Tim Cam, dude, look at you, man! Oh, look at we're in the red, still celebrating, still festive, still celebrating Christmas. I love it. Looks good. Um, red's a good color on you. Take a look. He has some white on him too. Look at the. What beard. is that? Is, is, oh, whoa. What, what happened, dude? <laughs> man, you okay? You all right? <laughs> Push the wrong button. Little, too much eggnog. Little, too again. much eggnog. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like the beard. Yeah, he's got the beard I think going you need in. To, I think you need to let it grow out. I like it a lot. I think I think the beard has its own Facebook page. <laughs> or Twitter feed. Hey, Tim Foster's beard. Yeah. 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 I like it. Oh, look, he's, he's fixing it right now. He's fixing it right now. Well, man, I hope you had a great Christmas, and I hope everyone listening uh, and spending time talking with us and watching us had a wonderful Christmas, and I hope your uh, New Year's will be amazing. Let's talk about this new film uh, you and I both checked out. Uh, it's got uh, Tom Hanks, Oscar winner. Yay. Meryl Streep, Oscar winner. Yay. Steven Spielberg directed Oscar winner. Yay. Movie called The Post. Yes. Based on a true story. Yes. Uh, give me the story, and then we'll dive into our thoughts on this. I was a weird kid. 
I watched hearings and things like that. What do you like mean that. were, oh, you said kid. Yeah, was when I was, I was a weird, weird kid. I'm a weird <laughs> adult now. But, but I remember Watergate. I would come home from school and watch the Watergate hearings instead of the Flintstones or something. Now, you tell me that's yeah, normal. That's, no, yeah, that's normal. I, I think, normal I think the whole family worried about me. All but what led up to, in many ways, the Watergate scandal began with uh, the Pentagon Papers. Right. Uh, and that's what the Post is about. Really, a trusted reporter uh, actually snuck these secret documents out that dealt with the uh, the how the Vietnam War was going. Yeah, and not and going. The, the New York Times published it, parts of it. Then uh, that's my phone. Yeah, just <laughs> just just you know. Just ignore. So anyway, ignore the sounds. Uh, and then the larger part of the movie deals with the Washington Post, them getting involved. The story of Catherine Graham also is kind of a feminist tale in a yeah. way, too. Yeah. She was the first uh, female publisher of a major uh, newspaper who was basically a socialite. Her husband right. had ran it and her father before before him. And he, her husband, uh, I think, committed suicide and left her with the paper. She had to grow into the role. Meryl Streep was fascinating yeah. in it, I thought. Uh, yeah. one of, uh, she's always great, but she... It was it was definitely her film. Yeah, Tom yeah. Hanks was a secondary yeah, supporting absolutely. character, really. Yeah, this um, you know it, it showed a lot of uh, aspects of, of when do you trust the government, right? And how much do you trust the government? And right. when you see all these secrets kind of unfolding, and, and it went through five presidents as far as what was happening in Vietnam and what was happening in that area, and uh, and you you really get a chance to see the thing the, the picture that was being painted. Um, by the government was not actually what was happening. And you've got the, the boots on the ground telling you the, the real story, and ultimately the Pentagon Papers shared that. And the Washington Post was not the first paper to release uh, portions of it. New York Times it. released a few pages originally. Right, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, of course, you know, with Spielberg, you're going to have uh, incredible music with, uh, with John Williams. The music was wonderful. Uh, but the cinematography was really nice, the framing, certain, uh, certain shots. Spielberg is a master oh, yeah. at that, and right. he's had plenty of time to to do that. And we talked about Spielberg on here before that he can do these these films that are Oscar caliber, and yet he could do these films like the BFG that may or may not hit, but it's still a great. Picture. He just he just spans the genres of, as far as what he can do. What did you think of Tom Hanks's part? You know, as Ben Bradley. I, I thought I thought Tom Hanks was good. I thought Meryl Streep. I thought they both were good, but I didn't feel that they both were kind of Oscar caliber. They just kind of fit the roles. Mm -hmm. They felt real. I thought his portrayal was maybe a little more one-dimensional, but maybe that's yep. the way it was written. Yeah, he, and as, as much as I like Tom Hanks. Yep. Well, and that's, that's me. I, I thought Tom Hanks did a fine job, but I didn't feel it was anything particularly special. Um, he just kind of became that character and what was required of him. Mm -hmm. Um, lighting, cinematography, uh, you know, Spielberg is really a wonderful storyteller, and he did a, a great job telling a story that was kind of complicated, but boiling it down to kind of the nuts and bolts of, of what was going on. Uh, writing was well done, music, lighting, all of that stuff, really solid. Um, the movie was relatively short, under two hours, hour 45 minutes long. Uh, when you think of, of Spielberg films that are released this time of year, typically you think of films that are too... 215, 225, right. much longer. Right. Schindler's List, much longer. Um, one quote that I wrote down that I really liked, and, and it, it came out of this movie, it said, the news is the first rough draft of history. Right. And I loved that quote, and that really, I think, is a, is a, a strong element of what this film talked about, is 
because because news is changing every single second, you know what was written, you know five minutes ago may not be the case right now. Right. And uh, I think this movie did a wonderful job looking at the the importance of the media uh, and the importance of the media in, in holding uh, really everybody accountable. Right. And uh, there were some fierce battles that went on behind the scenes on should we do this or should we not do this? Raising the ethical questions and not just the legal questions. Right, but, right. Uh, and, and it was a reminder of how powerful print used to be. And, I, think, uh, I think if nothing before, else. It, before the news media was so marginalized or fractionalized, right, if nothing right. else. And it is, it is fractured now. Yeah. But, but I, I think this, at, at the, the core of this, it really does talk about the importance of the free press. Right. And the independent free press. And, and I think that's timely. I think so, too. Yeah. I think so, too. Even, and I think... Uh, I think it's something that it, it, it is always going to be evergreen. There's always going to be something that's going to be important, not just here in America, but around the world when you, when you look at uh, what does happen to journalists who ask the tough questions. Um, and in some countries, they're killed for it. So uh, a movie, uh, I think a movie worth seeing. Uh, it's not going to be a um, Star Wars kind of blockbuster moneymaker, but it's definitely a movie that I would recommend. Uh, I'm giving this uh, an A rating. Uh, what is your rating for this? Uh, probably an A minus. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I think um, it, one of the things as I was watching this, and there there were scenes that are happening within the, uh, the the newsroom where they're printing all the papers. I could almost smell the ink. Yeah, that was fascinating. Wasn't I it? could almost smell the ink, yeah, yeah. and that's that is perfection when a director can can achieve that. So uh, A rating for me, A minus um, for Greg. Let me recommend this as a double feature. Go watch this film, and then immediately go check out All the President's Men, uh, the Oscar-winning Oscar, yeah. All the President's Men, right after that. This is really a perfect prequel right. uh, to that right. movie. Right, it is. It so, be. good deal. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to come back, talk uh, Downsizing, a new film that's also out in theaters, and then we're also going to talk about... What's the other movie we're talking about? Uh, uh, Darkest Hour. Darkest Hour, uh, another history-related film. All that and more... Uh, right after this, uh, we do appreciate uh, Tim Cam. Tim, you still okay back there? Still got your red shirt? You hadn't changed that? Good, 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 good. I'm Noel T. Manning II. Uh, that is uh, Alan Brady right over there. Alan Brady <laughs> from the Rob Petrie Show. More right after. They're gonna put me in the movie. Welcome back to Meet Me in the Movies. I am Noel T. Manning II. That is Greg Tillman. Yes, Greg Tillman. Uh, I could have called you Sally. What was Sally's Sally last Rogers. Sally Buddy Rogers. Sorrell. I could have called you Sally Rogers. That's Mel good. Cooley. Dude, you're really good on this trivia. That's a great show. Uh, Dick Van Dyke show is a terrific show. Well, you used to, I remember um, the first time you introduced me to that show. Mm. Oh, did I? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I knew Mary Tyler Moore. Mm. Loved the Mary Tyler Moore, uh, the Mary Tyler Moore show. Yeah. But you introduced me to, to that show, um, the uh, Dick Van Dyke show. Yeah. And, and because every time you would walk in and stumble, you would always do that <laughs> da, da, little song. Da, 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 da. I, I said, still do that. You still yeah. do that. You yeah. do that. So I'm like, I still stumble too. I love that song. Yeah. And so I went back and watched that. And so thank you. That's all on Hulu. It is. Yep. yep. On Hulu. Uh, Tim, still back there? I'm glad because I don't want the camera just stuck on me for the next 15 or so minutes. <laughs> well, if you missed the uh, top of the show, <laughs> we'll just talk over Tim there. Um, the I do post. like the red shirt, though. I, it is still I festive. I love the red shirt. He's not wearing pants, though. But, I know. You know. Then. Stop no, it. Stop it. Stop <laughs> that. Yes, it's cable, but it's not that kind of cable. Not yet. Um, 
We uh, talked about the movie The Post, that's a uh, new Meryl Streep, uh, Tom Hanks film, Steven Spielberg film. Uh, a for me, A minus. Yep. For, uh, for Greg Tillman. And uh, now we're going to talk about downsizing. This is a, a Matt Damon film uh, that's in theaters now. Um, Alexander Payne is the writer, uh, kind of the behind-the-scenes guy who put this together. He's done some really amazing work over the years, but um, we'll see if I feel the same way after I talk about this particular movie. Um, the movie is, is uh, it's a cross-hybrid kind of genre film. Uh, a little bit of sci-fi, a little bit of drama, some, some comedy, some satire, all of that kind of thrown in um, into this mix of a smoothie. And um, it's not a smoothie that I really... Uh, For the and, social message. There's a social message, yeah. which, you know, a lot of sci-fi does have social message. And, and the, the movie starts out in the not-too-distant future um, where uh, overpopulation is taking over, global warming is causing issues, a lot of things that, that are happening in the world today are causing havoc. And really the only way that we're going to be able to survive is if we downsize, we, we actually shrink. It's called cellular... Physically? Physically. Uh, cellular reduction is what it's called. And you can shrink to about I'd this size. I'd love to try that. Yeah, see, see that behind me? That's about the size that you would shrink to. See that? Um, so so that's the thing. So, so people who choose to do this um, can actually have a better life because uh, if you've got, say you've got hundred thousand dollars in the bank that can translate into millions once you downsize and so uh, people are starting to go through this process of, of changing and downsizing if you don't like it is it you're stuck with it that's the you're, thing you're, there's there's no going back oh you know once you choose to do this there's no going back some of the social commentary that relates to it is when you downsize you end up paying fewer taxes and so there's there's this interesting bar scene where this guy's going well hey I hear you're gonna you know you're gonna get small on me uh, how do you feel about the fact that you're going to be paying less taxes than me? And so you see that interesting aspect. Mm. You see the social commentary of, um, you know, relating to global warming and relating to all the things that, that man is causing to happen or, or that man is supposedly causing to happen in so, this world. So the idea is that if you're small, you don't eat as much. Right. You don't drink as much. You yep. don't create as much trash and waste, much waste. and things and like that. And there that. was one. You don't put out as much CO2. Exactly. Okay. Exactly, all of those things. And there was one great scene where it, um, they did this kind of, and this happens all early on, uh, where uh, the scientists are, are basically rolling out the red carpet of here's what happened. We had a test group, and so they bring out like two bags of hefty trash bags, put them on the stage and say, this is waste from the last X number of years from these people. This is it. And so you start realizing, okay, wow, this, this is it's kind of a message film. The problem is with this movie, it, uh, and Matt Damon is, is a character who decides he, he, he wants to, to make this change in his life. Uh, he's always been kind of a caretaker. He cared for his mom. She passed away. He's got a wife uh, played by Kristen Wiig who was only in the movie for a short amount of time. And they both decide, okay, we're going to, going to do this to, to change our lives. Well, she doesn't go through with it. This all happens within the first 15 minutes of the movie, so I'm, I'm not telling no you spoilers, there's no spoilers right. there. So he has to go through life, you know, without his wife and trying to learn and navigate this, this kind of new society. And also you're, you're led to believe that in this new society, everybody is equal. There are no classes. There's no, you know, everybody basically lives large. Um, and so it, it, it tends to ask the question, is that the truth? And will we as a society, even if we choose to make the choice to do something that can impact society, 
will it really impact society or will we still go back to our old selves? Christoph Waltz is also in this. He has a good, strong role. Mm -hmm. um, the movie itself, I think it really tried um, to, tell, um, to tell a story, to, to deliver a message, but it was all over the place. It couldn't decide if it wanted to be a comedy, if it wanted to be sci-fi, if it wanted to be a drama, if it wanted to provide a message, and, and all of the stuff kind of got lost uh, because it was trying too hard. Uh, the movie was very, very long. Uh, an hour and 15 minutes into it, I'm like, man, when is this movie uh, going to wrap? Wow, um, that's it, a bad sign. It was a movie that I think was too quirky for its own good. Sometimes quirky movies work. For me, Shape of the Water was uh, Shape of Water was quirky, but it was quirky in a, in a good way. Um, this movie had moments of greatness, followed by you know several scenes of what the heck are you doing? And so uh, I, I think if I'm going to take a message from this, which if you stick around, you'll find the message is that uh, you know that everybody has their place in the world, and I think finding where you can contribute and finding what your place is, that's the important thing in life. Um, but, but it just ultimately, it just took so long to get there. Uh, one character I want to recommend, uh, actress by the name of Hung Chow, was absolutely amazing. She was a, a supporting character that didn't come on until really the last half, maybe the last fourth of the movie, but she was so strong, she was so funny. She had moments that were incredibly touching. Uh, I gave her a nomination for Best Supporting Actress. Mm. Uh, she is going to be showing up. Golden Globes gave her a, the, the same kind of nod. Wow. And I would not be surprised um, if the Academy Awards uh, offered her that, the same thing. All right, so is the film worth seeing just for her? You know, for her, yes. It's worth seeing for her if you can stick around long enough. That's the problem. <laughs> um, you know, it was uh, the, the music was sometimes, sometimes whimsical at times, and that was interesting, but... The movie just couldn't decide, and that was the problem with me. Um, I didn't have any problem deciding how I felt about it. And uh, I, I really wanted to like this movie, um, but ultimately C- is the best I can wow. give it. If okay. it wasn't for, uh, for Hung Chow, uh, I would have probably given this a D or a D+. Plus. Wow. So downsizing, uh, not one that I'm going to recommend uh, checking out. The uh, premise unless, sounds really interesting. The premise is interesting. Uh, and, and like I said, some of, the, some of the scenes, like I said, moments of greatness... Yeah, but um, but ultimately the uh, the quality just didn't hold true. Uh, I got a chance to take uh, six students to see this before it opened, and and we all kind of came back and talked about it afterwards. And I think the highest anybody gave it was a a B a B minus. So between a B minus and uh, and a C minus. So I'm always fascinated when you get good actors together and good writers together and good directors together, and they just create junk. Junk. Yeah. yeah. How does that happen? Yeah. I don't know, but it's, uh, you know, I think this one, I think if it had been uh, lengthwise had been cut down, would have helped, but I still think the problems existed with the movie not knowing exactly what it wanted to be and how it wanted to present it. But uh, um, some of the, it could, and I couldn't decide if I wanted to play it for, for jokes or if I wanted to play it seriously. It and I think that's thing. part of the problem. It was um, a tonal thing. I'm sorry? A tonal thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there, there were scenes where it almost bordered on parody. Yeah. And then it would go back into something completely serious, and you're like, okay, whiplash, you know, movie whiplash. So huh. anyway, downsizing, I'm not going to uh, recommend it except for Hung Chow. Uh, another movie that's got a D name to it, Darkest Hour, uh, Gary Oldman uh, nominated for a, a number of awards for his portrayal of Winston Churchill. 
uh, in this film. And, uh, and, and I know it says the darkest hour sweepstakes. We're not giving away anything for the darkest hour. Just want to let you know that. I meant this to Photoshop not, that out. This is not a contest, <laughs> not a contest. But, uh, but if you go see this, uh, maybe the sweepstakes on whether you will enjoy this or not. You got a chance to check this movie out as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was, I am so excited about that picture. I was riveted by it. I thought it was fascinating. And Oldman, if he doesn't get an Oscar yeah. nomination, if not a win, yeah. there's, there is no God. Buried under all that makeup, it, it didn't was, affect it. It, it. it was, you know, you, you think of a, a political biopic. Right. About a guy from 80 years ago. Yes. That doesn't sound that exciting, but right. I thought it was exciting. Yep. It was touching. Yeah. It, it, it was maybe the best film I've seen in a very long time. Yeah, and, and the storyline, this takes place uh, 1941, um, and this is actually 1940-41. Uh, England's on the brink of war uh, with, with the Nazis, and they're trying to uh, bring a new leader up that can kind of take a strong leadership role there in England. And uh, Churchill was not the most likely of characters no. to take this on, and this movie did a really wonderful job painting through history that snapshot of, of who he was and just how he, he was liked or disliked, depending on, on which side of the aisle uh, you, were, you were sitting. The, um, the uh, music was absolutely Fantastic. beautiful. Yeah. It was moving. Yes. Um, it was wonderful. The acting, as you mentioned, with, with, uh, with Oldman, he was stunning. Um, the technical, of, uh, of, uh, and I don't mean like special effects, but from a technical standpoint, just the shooting and the editing. Yeah. Was I thought set designs. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. is as perfect of a movie uh, of a period piece as you can create yeah. as far as the look. You know, there was the one shot, uh, and it was an aerial shot of uh, the bombing of a, of Calais in France, and I backed it up, and I thought it was such an interesting shot because it's a slow-moving shot looking down over the bombs exploding that that dissolves into a very close-up shot of a dead soldier's face yeah. and his and his eye. That was horrifying and mesmerizing at the same time. And yep. it was just, uh, just the way scenes were staged when they were all talking about Churchill in, in Parliament. Yeah. Three different sets of characters walking around the perimeter of, yeah. of, of, of a stairwell. You know, all, it just wonderfully put together. Yeah, for a film like this, um, as you mentioned, it, it can sound boring. You're talking about a biopic. But a it, was, it, had, it had humor in it. Churchill yeah, and, was a witty guy and, and anyway. And he really got a sense... Of, of Churchill as, as a human, of, as far as what he went through right. in his life. And um, he, he was, there were times it was mesmerizing watching Oldman portray this. And you mentioned the humor. Um, visually, he was in command uh, of every scene that he was in. Um, you know, voice command, physical command. Uh, but I, I think you also got a, a sense, and there's a, there a wonderful scene that I'm not going to give anything away, but you got a sense that he wasn't just interested in what was happening in the room of politicians and government leaders. He was interested in, in how the people felt. That was a and great scene. There's a scene that tells that amazingly well, and you really get a sense of how not only the people feel about war, going into war, um, but they also how they feel about him and their respect for him and respect for what he's been asked to do on their behalf. And uh, just an amazing film for me. Uh, there were times, you're talking about the cinematography, and I, I wrote down there were wow moments that I just yeah. my mouth just kind of yeah. dropped. Yeah. Did I did I just see what I think yeah. I saw? I know, um, I know what, exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah. this movie um, was uh, was written by uh, Anthony McCarter, and uh, I, I think the dialogue was just was just really 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 
spot on um, as far as what was happening. I would love to go back and look at the historical documents of some of those times and some of those chamber scenes and things when they were in right. Parliament to see how closely uh, it mirrored it. Um, things about, uh, about Churchill, the character, you know, he was quirky. Um, there were these unbridled emotions that, that, that kind of came out. Um, and, you know, he didn't get support from everybody. No, and you saw the side of him that, that I've never seen before where, you know, he, he was doubting himself, his abilities, his decisions. He just dug beneath the surface yeah. very well. Yeah, very exciting. But yet there were times when the, the shot selections, they would linger on scenes as dialogue was kind of unfolding, but it really worked. You, you just kind of felt like there was purpose behind each, each scene and each shot. Um, the makeup transformation of Oldman was absolutely uh, you know, incredible. Who, who, who's going to like this movie? I think fans of history, fans of period pieces, uh, political films, uh, I think you're going to be drawn to this. Uh, I think ultimately the movie question that comes out of this for me is um, who are we as humans? You know, uh, our doubts, our imperfections, our fears, those are the things that kind of make us human. And ultimately, sometimes those are the things that can give us strength. So we are out of time. I can't believe it. Uh, what did what, you what, give it? What I, give it I give it a solid A. Uh, I'll give it an A+. Plus. A+. Plus. Yes. Okay. I couldn't think of one thing wrong with that film. So so highly, uh, highly recommend Darkest Hour that you can find in theaters now. We will wrap with a quote of the week, as we always try to do. And this does come from uh, Gary Oldman's Winston Churchill uh, from Darkest Hour. Those who never change their mind never change anything. Till next time, I am Noel Manning. Behind the camera is uh, Tim, Tim Foster, the Tim Cam. Thank you, buddy. Uh, Greg Tillman over to my right or to your left or in the middle, uh, wherever you happen to be. Uh, we appreciate you. Hope you have a great, great new year. And we'll uh, join, uh, join us next week, and we'll look at the, uh, some favorite films of 2017. Until next time, that's a wrap.